Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The base for our message is really the Old Testament reading and the events on the day of Pentecost. So, a little girl is on the way to church with her parents, and she says to her mom and dad, I, I want to give money to the, to the church. And the dad and mom are rather proud of that. And the dad said, sure. He gave her a $5 bill and said, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And so she sat through the service, hanging on to that $5 bill, clutching it. And then finally the time comes. The usher comes by with the plate. He sets it before. And the little girl goes to the usher, can you make change for this? <laughs> and the parents are aghast at this. And, and dad whispers into her ear. And nobody, but then she speaks back and everybody could hear, well, I'd be a more cheerful giver if I could give to the Lord and get a candy bar. <laughs> we, we want to be generous. But we aren't always as generous as we want to be. But our Lord is always generous. Today is the day of Pentecost. And I think this is one of those beautiful, glorious days in which we see the full generosity of God. And we see it in the Old Testament lesson, and we see it in the description of the day of Pentecost. And there's really a parallel thing going on. And so that's what we're going to focus on. This We're going to focus on the Old Testament. And what we're going to see there really is, why is it that we need the Holy Spirit? What is it that the Holy Spirit enables us to do that we can't do on our own? And then we're going to see as the Holy Spirit is poured out in the Old Testament, the Old Holy Spirit is also poured out in the New Testament. Not only to the disciples and the people of that day, but upon us as well. And so we come to the Old Testament here in Numbers, and again, Jesus, or excuse me, Moses is leading the people through the wilderness. They're, they're heading to the Promised Land. But they're complaining, which they often did. And, and it starts out as we hear, Moses heard the people weeping throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent. God had been providing for them. He had, in a spectacular way, given them manna. Every day they could pick it up and eat it. And, and when they first tasted it, it was great. It was the best thing they could ever possibly taste. But eating it day after day after day after day, they started to get sick of it. And they started to complain. They, they whined and said, where is the meat for us to eat? And so they complained to our Lord. And isn't this complaint really a reminder of why we need the Holy Spirit? Here, here they are. What, what are they focusing in on? They're focusing on their bellies, their own desires. There's no thought of giving thanks to God for the blessings that he has given them. No, no thought to focus on God's promise that he's going to lead them through the promised land. He's going to be with them every step of the way. There's no focus on that. All they could focus on is what they didn't have and what they really wanted. And as we think about it, there's complaining in the Old Testament. But we don't complain today, do we? Who amongst us doesn't complain, right, about something? And so what is it that we complain about? I think a better question for us to ask is where does that complaining come from? How often is our complaining like that in the Old Testament? A forgetting of God's provisions and his blessings and his promise. That the complaints arise from where our focus is. We complain about what we don't have by looking at what we don't have rather than looking at what we do have, right? And giving thanks for the blessings that we get. It's really kind of an ingratitude. It's a spiritual issue, is it not? In gratitude to our God for, for what he has provided. And a focus on our will rather than God's will. And an ignoring of God's promises. We need the Spirit to focus ourselves on the Lord and his promises to us. 
But as we go back to the Old Testament, it's not just the, the people that are complaining. We hear Moses, too. Here's another indication of why we need the Holy Spirit. Because Moses didn't always focus on God's promises. We heard it today, right? He says to God, I'm not able to carry this people alone. This burden is too heavy for me. And listen to the next part. If you're going to treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I may, see my, I may not see my wretchedness. He's really feeling sorry for himself, isn't he? And from an earthly standpoint, who could blame him? He's been the prophet of God. He's spoken faithfully, faithfully the word of God. He's faithfully led the people. And what has it gotten him? A group of people whining and complaining against him. It'd be real easy to get discouraged, wouldn't it? To, to, to think that you've been done all that you can and to be as faithful as you could, and, and it doesn't seem to have any reward. It's real easy to become discouraged. And again, can we not see the parallel in our own life? Don't you want to follow the Lord? Don't you do your best to follow the Lord, to follow his will, to follow his actions? And does it always work out well for you? Do you always get rewarded for it? You know, sometimes in this culture, in this world, it almost seems like we're punished for doing the right thing, for believing the right thing. It's real easy to be discouraged. And again, just like with Moses, it's easy for us to lose our focus on God and his promises. Again, we need the Holy Spirit so that we can focus on the love that the Lord has for us. But again, as we look at what's going on with Moses, the generosity of God is on display. The, the reaction that God has to Moses um, and his complaints is amazing, right? We aren't always good with others who complain to us. And yet, what does God do to the complaint? He hears, he listens, and he gives an answer. An answer that helps. But there's no real rep reprimand in this. Notice what God says. He has a plan. Listen to the plan. Okay, gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting. And then let me take that, let them take the stand with you. Now I'll come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, so that you may not bear it yourself alone. God's answer to Moses' need is to help in a very gracious way. He has a plan. God shows his compassion, his generosity. He tells Moses to gather the people together. And notice how he does this. He's going to take some of the spirit that's on Moses and place it upon the rest of the people. And there's a reason for that, right? That, that, that they're going to be united, right? That there's a unity and power and purpose as they all have the same spirit working together for the same cause and for the same Lord. And Moses recognized immediately that this was a gift and a blessing so that when others come back with this report that Medad and Eldad, well, they're prophesying out there. Moses has no concern. He's not jealous. It's God's spirit to give to who he put. And, and isn't it interesting the answer that he gives? Well, that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Moses recognizes that the giving of the Holy Spirit to the people around him wasn't an indictment against him, but was a gift to him, a blessing for him. And what a wonderful attitude and understanding of, of God's wonderful grace to all people. But I also find it interesting on the day of Pentecost to hear Moses say that with that he put his spirit on all of them. Because now as we transition to the day of Pentecost, isn't that exactly what happens? God pours out his spirit upon all people. 
And we see it on that day of Pentecost, and even how it takes place, there is a parallel. Just as Moses, the leader, first received the Spirit and then it was given to others, we're going to see the same thing happen on the day of Pentecost. Luke tells us that the people, the disciples were gathered together and they were all in one place. And then he says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice the Spirit is given to the leaders, but notice what they do. They speak about the mighty acts of God. We often get so enamored with them speaking in other languages, we forget, what are they saying? The, the real important part about that is, is God, the Holy Spirit, has given them the focus to, to be not upon themselves or what they think they need or what they don't have, but on God and His promises. And that focus is demonstrated in the way that they share forth the mighty acts of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It gives us focus on His Word and His promises, and they are able to proclaim it. And Peter steps up on behalf of all of them and then also speaks and gives a wonderful sermon pointing again to the promise of God that are found in Christ Jesus, the one who suffered, died, and rose for the salvation of souls. So much so that at the end the crowd asks, well, what should we do? Now listen to what Peter says then. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter is saying that, that what you see given to us is now made available to you. As you are baptized, as you repent, as you hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit is at work. And indeed it was. We're told by Luke that 3,000 were added to that number that day. That Holy Spirit was indeed going upon all people. That they could indeed focus on the promises of God. And that's what they see. That the disciples focus on the promises of God as, as they proclaim that clearly. But then, after the day of Pentecost, Luke describes what the early church did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Is that not a focus on God, His Word, and His promises? That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what faith is. It's, it's focusing on the promises that God has given in His Word and placing our trust in that. And following Him in His Word and in His way. So the same Spirit given to the disciples was given to the whole crowd. And the beauty of the day of Pentecost for us is that same spirit is present today. That same spirit has been given to you. And the same thing he did for the disciples and the others and for Moses, he does for you. He enables you to focus on the promises that God has given. The spirit is given to us through the word and the sacrament. Where, where the word is present, the Holy Spirit is present. His power is present. And isn't that beautiful? We don't have to hunt for the Holy Spirit. We don't have to search. We don't have to sit there waiting. Am I going to get it or not? God says, when the word is proclaimed, it is there. And isn't it interesting that that Holy Spirit comes to us in the word of God and then enables us to trust that word of God, to cling to that word of God, to focus on that word of God. The Holy Spirit focuses our attention on the cross and thereby hear and receive the forgiveness of our sins. It focuses on the cross and realizes that for us, Christ died and took away our sin. He rose so that we would be forgiven for life and forever. And so our lack of gratitude, our misfocus, or whatever the sin might be, is forgiven. We're set free. The Lord enables us to do that. And not only does He enable us to do that, but He enables us to respond. The beautiful thing about a day today, like today is we see the work of the Holy Spirit. As we offer our praise and thanksgiving, we give thanks to the one who has announced our forgiveness. The Holy Spirit enables us to speak back the praises 
And thanks to God. He is at work. It's on display today. But as you leave this place, the Holy Spirit also goes with you. He focuses your heart and your mind on the promises. His promises to be there to supply all your needs. He strengthens you in the battle of temptations that, that come against you, reminding you what God has called you to do, and reminding you you don't have to worry. That the Holy Spirit takes away our focus on what we don't have or what we think we need or what, or what we think was good for us. It focuses our attention on what we do have. It gives us a grateful heart, a heart full of thanks. The Holy Spirit takes our mind away from wondering, well, what's going to happen tomorrow or worrying about what's going to happen next week or next month or next year and focuses our attention on what God has already done for us and that he already holds us in his hands, that we belong to him and that our history, our life is in his hands. So we don't have to worry about next week or next month or next year. It's in the hands of a Lord that loves us, who's already acted in our life and will continue to do so. The work of the Holy Spirit focuses our attention on Christ. His promises and all of his love. The day of Pentecost is really a celebration of the work of the Holy Spirit, a celebration of God's generosity. And that's true because the gift of the Holy Spirit isn't a one-time shot. Something that comes to us again and again and again. Every time we open up the Word of God, the Spirit is there. Every time we, we hear and listen to the promises of God, the Spirit is there. We receive the Spirit regularly so that we can focus on Him we can find comfort, that we can find peace. But most of all, so that we have life. Life now and life forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds to true faith, life everlasting. Amen.